Welcome to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. I'm Adam Hildebrand, alongside head coach David Alexander. And coach, uh, it, 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 it happened, finally. A few weeks in, uh, the, we had to cancel the game for right. coronavirus concerns. Yeah. Wes Moore was slated to come in here on Friday. Was this kind of an expectation at some point over the course of this year that, that this might be a thing? Well, we had talked – yes. It, okay, to answer your uh, question directly, yes. Uh, it was an expectation. Uh, and we had been talking with about it with our players quite a bit. You know, this is uh, likely to happen. You know, just be prepared for it, be prepared for it. But the reality of it, uh, when it actually happened, got the phone call. Actually, uh, Steve Dunn, our AD, came down to practice and told me. Uh, he said, don't tell the kids until I get confirmation. You know, about an hour later, we got the news and had to tell the team. It was tough. Uh, even though we talked about it and we're, we're semi-prepared for it, when the, the uh, finality of it hits, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. Yeah, there, there's a, certainly a difference anytime something goes from uh, potential to reality, w- whether it be good or bad, that, right. that changes things. And, and you're dealing with 14- to 18-year-old kids. Right. How did those guys react to that news o- over the course of practice over the next day or two after that? Well, you know, we were done with that practice, and so it, it, it was a downer. You know, we usually go in the weight room after that, and it was a little bit of a downer. Or not a little bit. It was quite a bit of a downer for everybody. Um, my coaches and I – you know, after the kids left, we went and sat in, the, in there in the staff room and uh, started discussing options and and uh, what our next step was and how we're going to handle the kids. And it was a really somber mood in the coaches' room as well. So uh, you, you were already coming off of a bye, so you end up with right. back-to-back bye weeks here, and, and you get this big chance now before going into district play to work on a lot of different things. So what had you already been working on with the bye, and how has that rolled into this week now? Well, you know, we were we obviously had you know every day's practice was working on Westmore, but as a coaching staff, you know, we were starting to talk about Jinx and uh, you know how we were going to attack them both offensively and defensively. Uh, you know, it's just the way we try to work, especially you know a team like Jinx in, for the district. And you try to work a week ahead, and so you know we just we just uh, you know. The buzzword of uh, the coronavirus, right? We pivoted, yeah. <laughs> right? We pivoted over to just full-time jinx. And so, you know, as long as you have something for the kids to work on, right, they practice – once you get out there and start to practice, practice is great until you've got a game plan and you start talking about jinx. And so it's been, it's been good. The, the days of work have been great. Thinking back uh, to the last game against Owasso, what stood out about that game to you? Well, right, what showed up in that game um, was what my fear was. Right? They had so many more veterans on the field. Right? They had you know, five senior offensive linemen, and they really blocked us up well. Um, they had all those senior linebackers and those uh, big defensive linemen. You know, and we're starting five new guys on offensive line. And the, the, um, the experience is what really showed out in a big football game. Um, you know, we're going to use that as an experience. Um, and to grow on and try to get ready for district. And, but, you know, those are the teams when – that's the measuring stick. I told the kid, kids after the game, there's your measuring stick, right? You want to say you want to be a state champion, that's the that's a level of performance we've got to get to. Yeah, you mentioned uh, post game in, in our conversation with you that uh, they're kind of the standard right now. They're the defending state champs. But it also certainly seemed like you felt like your team had a chance to, to get to that standard eventually. So what needs to happen for you guys to get there, do you think? Well, besides the coronavirus, um, <laughs> well, um, it's understanding what what it's like to play in a big game like that, right? Um, you know, Owasso and Jinx and the teams you have to beat, you know, the Santa Fe's, the teams you have to beat, 
they're good. They're good football teams, and they are going to make plays in a the game. They're going to score touchdowns, or they're going to cross fumbles, or they're going to you know, you're going to make a big play in your backfield. Or you, you know, and so things are going to happen. It's not that they're going to happen, right? It's how you react to it, right? The next play, and uh, in big games, you know, and we get to the state, you get to the state semifinals or the, or the state championship game. Um, the game is going to come down to four, five, six pivotal moments, and you do, but you just don't know when those are going to be, right? So. Uh, it, it may be one big play, or it may be the very next play after that. You guys uh, had 165 yards of offense in that game, but you also had the ball for less than 18 minutes. How does not having the ball that much affect an offense over the course of a game? Well, you know, that's been our recipe, right? The, the last few years we've been successful. Run the football, spin the clock, and keep the other team's offense on the sidelines. You know, um, we so offensively, right, we went out there. They went down and scored, then we went out and went three and out, and they went down on another long drive. Um, we have to convert third downs. Um, we're a little bit different this year. We don't have an experienced offensive line, even though we have Marion and Sanchez running the football. You know, we're a little bit different looking. Um, so we have to convert third downs to the air. Um, but I think really for us, the kind of offense we are. The biggest down and distance for us is first and 10. If we can't line up and run the ball for six yards on first down like we've done the last few years, you know, we've got to be so much more efficient. Yeah, and, and, you know, that always helps with third down efficiency if you're that far ahead of the chains and, and close on second uh, on second right. down and can make it third and short. That being said, you were four for 10 on third down in that game. That's not a horrible number. No, what's, it's not. what's kind of the goal uh, in terms of, Third down efficiency. Well, you look at not just look at the fourth, the, the third down conversions we got. The the amazing part of the such good, I mean, like I said, it's not a great percentage, but it's not a horrible percentage either. <laughs> Most of those were over seven yards. So you know when we had to, we were able to drop back and throw the football. But uh, you cannot rely on converting third and eights uh, to beat a team like a Wasso. Uh, it means you're not running the ball efficiently. You know it. It puts all the chains and all the everything in their favor. They could blitz when they wanted to. They could play, and uh, they could drop seven or eight if they wanted to. Um, so they were able to dictate uh, everything we did just by the down and distances. You mentioned the passing game being able to convert on some third and longs. Uh, Jake Raines com- completed sixty three percent of his passes, so right. efficiency wise, he, he had a solid day. Um, but. How does uh, – oh, sorry, you also had seven different guys catch the ball in that game. How does spreading the ball around lead to eventual effectiveness in the passing game? Well, it's, it's uh, what, that's a really amazing statistic for a high school quarterback. Um, usually they fall in love with one or two guys and, and lean on them. And so it's, that's, a little bit of, that's a little bit of credit to Jake and a little bit of credit to Coach Wilkinson, um, just working on it, uh, taking what the defense gives you. And that's where, you know, we've con- – converted third downs and and all those guys getting passes and uh it, and it also right it keeps everybody all those receivers keeps them involved keeps them, keeps them engaged in the game that's broken arrow tiger head football coach david alexander we'll be back with more inside tiger football brought to you by rib crib in just a moment recently you've had to put your life on hold and we're with you in this at ascension st john we're now open for appointments and we are fully prepared for your safety in our care and we will still screen all staff to protect their health and yours. Our emergency rooms are here 24-7. Please do not delay care. We're still delivering babies and performing surgeries, and we're open for your appointments. 
from specialists in surgical care to routine care and health screenings. Ask us about virtual visits. Ascension St. John continues to care for you, as we have been for almost a century. Thank you for trusting us. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. I'm Adam Hildebrand alongside David Alexander. And, Coach, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball a little bit. Owasso going to be one of the toughest matchups, if not the toughest matchup of the year for the front seven defensively. There's a lot of experience that you mentioned up front for them. There's a lot of size up front for them yeah. as well. So uh, what they were going up against was pretty tough. What do you think they learned from that game, specifically your defensive line and linebacking core? Well, the biggest thing that uh, – let's, let's, let's uh, pick up on the linebacker core. What, what we picked up on is as we started get, having some adversity, uh, especially in the linebacker core – we started kind of getting out of the calls, trying to trying to do. Uh, if instead of me just doing my job, I'm trying to do my job and your job. And so when I'm when I'm doing that, I'm hesitating. You know, we had some, and the, the linebacking group did not have a, a stellar day. You know, because they were just trying to do too much. There was some adversity, and they didn't. A couple of you know, we had a sophomore and a another and a junior starting, and they didn't handle that adversity very well as far as. You know, just staying in the game plan, run what's called, right? Something good's going to happen if I play hard and play fast uh, and play smart. And, you know, we just got we got out of sorts in that in that position group. Uh, on the defensive line-wise, you know, we had several guys play really well, um, you know, as far as assignment, alignment, you know, playing their tails off, running the football. You know, it's a little bit of a mismatch right now um, with the Wasso. You know, we're not very big on the defensive line, and they've, you know, they've got five seniors that have been in the weight room now for three years, and um, we're going to have to figure things out. If, uh, if we get another chance to play them, we're going we're gonna to have to do a few things differently. Owasso, uh, especially with running the football, they're so consistent. It seems like, you know, four and a half, five yards every time they run the football, and there weren't a ton of big plays, but is how frustrating is that for those defensive linemen, those linebackers, and is, is that what maybe led to some of those guys trying to do a little bit too much, just trying to get a stop behind the line of scrimmage? Yeah, that's yeah, that's what – exactly. Right? They get frustrated because they're not being able to get off the football field. Um, Owasso's converting third downs, and, and so frustration boiled over into uh, some missed assignments in that linebacker group and just not a great day for them. You mentioned the third downs. Owasso was 9 for 10 in that game, converting third downs offensively. Why were they able to be so effective in, in that category? Well, they could run it when they, they – they were able to run the football when they wanted to run it, and they were able to throw the football when they wanted to throw it. Their, their passing game, um, really, you could see it coming. We kind of knew when it was going to be, but they would – we call it max protect, right? They would protect with seven, right? And we're rushing – they always had one more blocker than we had guys coming. And so it, it's just impossible to cover re good receivers for more than about three and a half seconds. And, uh, but it's also when it's third and two, right, or second and four, um, they've got you where they want you. What about uh, the special teams aspect of that game? How did you feel like that played out? I thought we did very well special teams-wise. You know, we've got some veterans there. Our coverage teams have done a great job. Um, you know, our punter, Seth Dodd, has had a – you know, he's had – he had one – uh, poor effort in the very first game against Bentonville West, but since then he has been fantastic. So, you know, uh, and uh, going against Owasso, it's usually, right, that Owasso's got fantastic special teams. Coach Blankenship, uh, Bill was the special teams coordinator at Tulsa. So I, I, I think we won that battle. Uh, obviously it wasn't enough to overcome everything, but uh, we've got a really good group. Coach Holt's doing a fantastic job with our special teams. 
We don't uh, need to get too specific on Jinx. They're still 10, 11 days out here, but uh, what are some, you know, top of the priority list things for you to work on over the next uh, week and a half here? Well, what we're doing uh, coaching-wise is we're trying to prepare for uh, every eventuality with the COVID, um, <laughs> which is really impossible. But So we've started splitting practice. Um, our offensive guys are getting some time on defense, and our defensive guys are getting some time on offense, just preparing for – uh, a game, whether it's Jinx or another one down the road, where you know, forbid, you know, God forbid, we have uh, fifteen or twenty guys come up missing on a on a Wednesday or Thursday. Um, it seems like right now we're losing two or three a day from the school with contact tracing, and so you know, we're we're trying to have a team prepared to go play, you know, and, and win football games because there are no excuses. There's a game on your schedule; you're going to go play, but we're trying to. Be, you know, find 11 guys that can go out there and, and perform. Yet another uh, unique way that this 2020 football season is playing out. That's Broken Arrow Tiger head football coach David Alexander. We'll be back with Keon Barnett in just a moment here on Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. Finding your happy place is something special, and it's different for everyone. You probably already know where to find yours, and TTCU Federal Credit Union can help you get there. So wherever your happy place finds you, TTCU will meet you there. TTCU Federal Credit Union. Life is better in balance. Welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. Adam Hildebrand back with you, and we're joined by senior wide receiver Keon Barnett. Keon, uh, you guys are coming off of uh, your first loss of the season against Owasso. What was the film room and, and practice like last week coming off that loss? Uh, I just – practice was like – it was more intense because we lost and we haven't lost before. So everybody was doing what they were supposed to do, doing the right thing and trying to stay disciplined. You guys, as, as a group of wide receivers, really uh, came into the season with a lot of hype. You got a lot of height, athleticism, uh, speed, certainly, uh, when, with you bringing that to the mix as well. So what's kind of your demeanor as a group? What's it like in, in the wide receiver room with you guys? It's always fun. Like, we do business, but after business, it's, it's fun. I love being around my brothers. You guys, uh, are you like pranksters? Do you, do you mess with each other a bunch? I wouldn't say pranks, like more kind of like ragging, like talking trash on each other and stuff. Okay, so when you uh, – the wide receivers always kind of have a little bit of a rivalry with the defensive backs because you all are going up against each other in practice. So who's your favorite guy to, to try to burn in practice on a weekly basis? I have to say Javion Franklin or Jalen Johnson. Okay, so you, you match up with those guys quite a bit, it sounds like. Now, uh, the, the passing game overall looks different this year than it has in years past, certainly. you got more wide receivers on the field. Uh, you, seven different guys caught passes uh, last game against Owasso. So how has your role changed, and, and how has uh, your action on the field changed from last year to this year? Uh, last year was mostly blocking. This year it's just a little bit more passing, so. Wide receivers, it, it seems like one of the toughest things to do is get you guys to block downfield. Like, is that something you took pride in last year, and, and but now you're glad you get to more run more routes? Or what? Like, how has that change affected you on, on a play-to-play basis? I like blocking. I get to push people down for no reason. We try to, me and uh, RJ, we try to see who can get the most pancakes a game. Okay. And what's your record? Mine is three. Three? Three seems like a lot for a wide receiver, so that, that's not bad. Uh, if you could pick a route to run every play, you said, all right, I got one route, what bang. would it be? Easy, bang. Okay, why? Because I just, like, it's my route. I run eight yards and run across the field to the hash. So 
if he can keep up with me, then I guess they stop it. But I ain't seen nobody keep I, up I with me. I was going to say, yet. how many guys have kept up with you? None. <laughs> Not that many. All right. What are you looking forward to the most the rest of this season? Uh, I just hope we get to finish out the season because Westmore canceled. I just hope nobody else canceled. We can finish out our season. Yeah, that was uh, obviously not expected as you went through your bye week. You were preparing for Westmore, I'm sure. So how did the guys kind of react to that, and how did you react to that personally? I almost cried, to be honest. Uh, everybody was mad. There's no energy after practice. And have you guys kind of re- recovered from that? You, you know, you still got Jinx next week. What's How is the difficult, has the bounce back been to that news and, and kind of trying to refocus back in? Nothing. Not Like, it's not really that difficult because we was working on Jinx and Westmore. So we just took Westmore out the mix and started working on Jinx some more. All right, well, we'll certainly be looking forward to that one next week, and I know you will be as well. Keon, thanks for the time. Thank you for having me. That's senior wide receiver Keon Barnett. We'll be back with more Inside Tiger football brought to you by Rib Crib here in just a moment. The Tigers of 1962 compiled an outstanding record of eight wins and two losses. The team featured all-conference stars Charles Harper, Gary Fultz, Paul Collins, Dick Cook, and Bob Weeks. Highlights for the season included a 22-0 shutout of Sand Springs, a 48-26 drubbing of Nowata, at an ever so impressive 40 to eight route of Tahlequah. This great moment in Tiger history is brought to you by First National Bank of Broken Arrow, a loyal fan of our community for over 100 years. First National Bank of Broken Arrow, the right balance. Hello and welcome back to Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. We're joined by uh, senior running back Sanchez Banks, uh, talking with him a little bit about his senior season. And, and Sanchez, uh, this has been an odd year in general. 2020, going back to spring football, getting canceled and all that. What's it been like for you going through this senior year and, and having to kind of expect the unexpected on a weekly basis? Um, not going to lie, it's been kind of scary just a little bit. But, I mean, in all, we have to just be ready for anything. Have we considered getting Sanchez Banks on the radio at some point? Because his voice is deeper than mine. We we need to get we we got to work this in somehow going forward. All right, now uh, y'all started out two and zero before falling to Owasso. How how did that loss affect you and your teammates? Um, honestly, it affected us pretty bad. But at the same time, we knew that we weren't all the way together. But we knew that if we see them again, we were going to give them a hard time. Which that's that's the goal, right? To see them again down the road. So n- knowing. Uh, that you guys are hoping for another shot at the Rams down the road. How motivating is that to you guys in, in practice? You had a bye week coming back. So it, did you feel like everybody was, was pretty up for practice last week? Yeah, I feel like we were going to – like this game was kind of be like a kind of bounce back game for us. But, I mean, at the same time, now we have more time to work on things just because they, they canceled. But I feel like it's going to make us come together even more. So we're going to be better. Uh, you and, and Marion both are getting to catch passes this year. That's something you didn't do a lot of last year. Do you, what do you like about being more involved in the passing game? Oh, I love it. Oh, for real. Like, because, I mean, I got hands. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Some say I got hands. I'm more hands than him. But, you know, <laughs> but, you know I, like, I like going out there, and, you know, mossing people a little bit. It's just kind of fun for me. You don't hear a, a lot of guys that are under six foot talk about mossing people, but I love the attitude that you're able to go up and get up over the top of guys and get the ball if you need to, catch it and run over guys if you need to. Um, 
you kind of really exploded onto the scene last year. How different was the lead up to this season, knowing that the expectations were at a different level for you coming into this year? Um, I was very excited, actually. I was like, I can't wait to see what is going to happen this year. And even though I knew we might be able to cancel games or whatever, but I was just so excited. It was, it was my senior year, and I didn't know how it was going to happen. When you got back onto the field week one against Bentonville West, what was that uh, relieving for you, uh, cathartic? What What was that first week like just getting back to some normalcy and playing football? I didn't think it was true. <laughs> I, I did not think the game was going to happen. And, like, honestly, I didn't think we were still even there until uh, second half. Like, that's when I really truly was like, oh, we've been playing football. And then we honestly, when I looked at the score, I was like, wow, like, this year is going to be great. But what are you most looking forward to about the rest of this season? Um, honestly, me and Marion, we have a goal of getting 3,000 yards. Um, so that's just – that's what I'm really leading up to. And obviously lead, um, playing in state and hopefully winning. You and Marion uh, certainly have, have had a – you know, you've been splitting time and, and working together quite a bit. What is the relationship like between you guys? I mean – me and Marion, we're real cool. You know, he always tries to say that he's bigger than me, and I always try to say that I'm faster than him. But I mean, you know, we have a we have a playful, but at the same time, we always are trying to beat each other. I have to set up a race at some point. That's Sanchez Banks, senior running back for the Broken Arrow Tigers, and that'll do things uh, do it for us on this edition of Inside Tiger Football, brought to you by Rib Crib. Thanks for watching.